Are there possible upsides with the new EPA chief? That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. After Scott Pruitt, the Ethics Challenge Administrator of the EPA, resigned last week, questions were being asked about his interim replacement, Andrew Wheeler. Wheeler is not new to Washington, D.C. or to the EPA. He began working there after law school, and he later worked for Oklahoma Senator James Inhofe, a brazen denier of climate science. Wheeler, the former coal lobbyist, said on Friday that he would stick with Trump's priorities. In order to get some ideas about what Wheeler might pretend for the EPA, H2O Radio spoke with Sarah Krakoff, a law professor at the University of Colorado who specializes in natural resources and American Indian law. She predicts that Wheeler will have the same anti-environmental protection agenda of Pruitt. But, you know, without the personal peccadilloes and the, you know, strange desire to use the office for his own good, you know, he'll, he, he'll be a more professional, cleaner, more efficient version of the same overall substantive agenda is, is, is one very distinct possibility. But it's possible a few things will be good for federal environmental law. For example, Krakow very cautiously speculated about some things Wheeler might not pursue, as Pruitt did, like the attack on California's vehicle emission standards, mainly because it was likely to involve protracted, costly litigation. The upsides for America are that it's good not to have our public servants, very pop prominent public servants engaging in behaviors that just seem to be utterly beyond the pale. The potential downside for the environment, environmental protection, and people who care about enforcing our environmental laws is that a more low-profile, more knowledgeable, much, much savvier public servant could quietly do just as much or more damage because people perhaps won't be as much up in arms and paying attention. And she speculates Wheeler may respect EPA staffers more, which is good for the long term, as there will be less morale damage and fewer departures from the agency. In two very different parts of the world, many, including indigenous peoples, are celebrating the designation of World Heritage Sites. UNESCO designated Cherubiket National Park in Colombia. It has one of the highest rates of plant diversity in the northern Amazon and is now the largest protected rainforest in the world, according to The Independent, with nearly 3,000 animal and plant species. The area had been off-limits, but after a peace agreement was signed by the government and rebels, it is now opening up to scientific research. The other site listed last week is about 4,000 miles away in Canada's boreal forest, and it's called Pimachoanaki, the land that gives life. It straddles Manitoba and Ontario. The Natural Resources Defense Council says that First Nations have been fighting for 17 years to have the 7 million acre region named a World Heritage Site to protect it from encroaching development like logging. Being added to the World Heritage List gives these areas new legal protections. It's been hot all over the planet. Records have been broken in many places. For example, a city in Algeria set an all-time high temperature for the African continent of 123 degrees. In northern Siberia, on the coast of the Arctic Ocean, the temperature reached 90 degrees on July 5th, a stunning 40 degrees above normal. At UCLA in Southern California last Friday, the temperature reached 111 degrees, the hottest ever recorded there, breaking the old record by two notches. Quebec has had record high temperatures during a heat wave that's being blamed for at least 54 deaths. 
Many of the victims were over 65 and had prior physical or mental health ailments. Montreal reached a record of almost 98 degrees. Sydney, Australia, where it is winter, saw two days last week of 77 degrees, the warmest two days in July in nearly 160 years of records. As Al Jazeera notes, the hot temperatures all over the planet don't necessarily prove climate change theories. However, 2018 is likely to be one of the five warmest years on the planet since instrumental records began in 1880. Heat has also been a problem in Iran, where in some areas the temperature rose to about 122. The country has been in drought for 14 years, and climate refugees have moved to urban areas because they couldn't farm anymore. A shortage of drinking water prompted people in southwest Iran to take to the streets in protest. The Financial Tribune, based in Tehran, reports that last fall was the driest in nearly 70 years, with rainfall down to about half of average. And finally this week, it's official. Spending time in nature has significant health benefits, like lowering your risk of type 2 diabetes, reducing cardiovascular disease, and helping with high blood pressure. According to new research from the University of East Anglia, people who spend time in green spaces are more likely to report overall good health. Green spaces were defined as open, undeveloped land with natural vegetation and included urban parks. In a press release from the university, the authors compared the health of people with little access to green spaces with people who had high exposure, while people living near green spaces likely have more opportunities for physical exercise and socializing. The report suggests that the physical environment itself may offer benefits by exposing people to a variety of bacteria present in natural areas. Those bacteria may boost the immune system and reduce inflammation. One really interesting result they found is that exposure to green space significantly reduces people's levels of salivary cortisol a physiological marker of stress. The research team studied data from 20 countries, including Japan, where something called shinrin-yoku, or forest bathing, is already a popular practice. Forest bathing was developed there in the 1980s and has become a cornerstone of Japanese preventive health care. There have been numerous studies that document the benefits of dousing oneself in the natural world, including research that suggests that phytoncides, organic compounds with antibacterial properties released by trees could explain the health-boosting properties of forests. And you don't have to hike or mountaineer, you just need to be in nature. The researchers hope that their findings will prompt healthcare professionals to recommend that patients spend more time outside. So perhaps next time you go to the doctor with a complaint, they might prescribe, take two trees and call me in the morning. This Week in Water is supported by the American Water Works Association, highlighting the latest cost-effective of strategies to manage aging infrastructure at the Water Infrastructure Conference and Expo, October 28th to 31st in Atlanta. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash H2O Infocon.